I did I did fart. Um, the other, not, not just now. I did just fart. Well, te- Jesus Christ, man. Well, I mean, too much friction. I mean, come on. What do you want? Why don't you do not throw stuff? Mm. <clears throat> <clears throat> anyway, my my fart story. God. Oh. Before I so rudely interrupted with a loud belch. Yeah. This is garbage. Ooh. Um, yeah, I was I was laying next to Numb Nuts here, Frankie. Oops. You weren't supposed to. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done this before? I was. I'm so relaxed now. Yeah. That my body's just like, yeah, it's it's time to end the night. Mm. We're recording this a little uh, little later than usual. Usually we have Wednesday nights off, and we can just kind of sit here and relax and shit-shat and chop it up. Shit the shat. Kind of get acclimated to the day. Let everything kind of wind down. Right. And then we kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. But I worked late, and so... Um, we're recording late, so my body... Like, I'm, I'm finally in rest mode. And my body's finally catching up. It's the opposite of beast mode. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Uh, my mom wanted to get me a shirt that said, uh, beast mode for Jesus. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but they didn't have your size. Oh, man. And I'm like, that's too bad. That would have been awesome. That's too bad. And she's like, yeah, you probably wouldn't have wanted it anyway. And I'm like, on the contrary. <laughs> that's a hilarious shirt. Please uh, just start going to church just so you can wear that just shirt. So I can get, so I can get more uh, church merch. Yeah, church. I need more church merch. It's another segment. <laughs> Shit chat and church merch. <laughs> Shit chat, church merch. Uh huh. All right. Well, since I cracked open the beer, let's uh, let's just introduce. No, this. people want to talk about your farts. Let's. Oh, let's... we'll get back to that. Okay, we'll All get right. back to that. So tonight's brew is from the Blue Point Brewing Company, right? Which, which, from my understanding, is a uh, a fake ass craft brewery. Just so you guys know. Oh really? Yeah. Just so you're aware. I think we've had like one or two of these on here. I'm pretty sure we have. It's just widely available. Yeah. Easy to find at Publix, and uh, eh, go go into the description. Well, so here's the thing. I mean, that's that's kind of a good segue into you know. This being something so widely available, you know, some of the stuff that we do is, you know, we get it from out of state or, right. you know, they're limited edition kind mm-hmm. of things, but highly regional. Yeah. We very rarely do stuff that you can just pop into any grocery store. Yeah. We try not to. Yeah. But. So, but this one, you know, you can apparently. This isn't like any special edition or anything like that. You know, it is because it's a only a four pack, which is pretty unique for uh like a public spot craft beer Hmm. well it's the rocket fool it's an ipa brewed with coconut oil tart cherry and pineapple it's ripe for the season (laughs) i actually made that up that's not on the label but i will give you the dry read ready one two three there's an island off the coast of long island that's half the size but double the fun this island is famous for a delicious... That, con- that's your nickname, too. Half the size, but double the fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> this island Ladies. is famous for a delicious concoction that sounds a whole lot like Rocket Fool. It's a staple among locals, and it inspired the beer in this can. Our Rocket Fool is a double IPA brewed with pineapple, tart cherry, and coconut oil. A full mouthfeel and malty sweetness are balanced by bitterness from double dry hop, Denali, El Dorado and Hop 472. It's a hazy take on the hazy days spent on our favorite local island. That wasn't bad. Yeah, I, I, I was... In my head, I stumbled, uh-huh. but it, I, I, I rolled on. Oh, it's just because I referenced your dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, 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 that didn't help. Because it was so accurate uh, that yeah. like, I couldn't... Right. Um, couldn't shake it. Could, yeah. Like you can't shake your dick. That's right. I just kind of moved my hips a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be lucky if I get any kind of pee off the, you know. Let's, let's not go into details. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a good time tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This is the One Beer In Podcast. So we'll crack. Uh, I'm going to drink now. Drink now. Lost to be found. Are someone to say. 
Tastes a little like a pina colada. That's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's really not bad. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. 7.5 ABV. Mm-hmm. Tall boy, too. Yeah. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the One Baron Podcast. My name is Marco Dupa. With me, as always, the great and powerful. He's Adam Obesius Rodriguez. What's up, Bruce Keys? Tonight's episode is, uh, I think, 226. Let me double check. I think we're on 226. We are just rolling along into yeah. the new year, my friends. The year, the year just blends. Yeah. Episode 227 we are on. 227. This is episode 227. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> Fuck me, man. We're going to be at 300 before we know it. I know. We'll do, we'll do something special for it. We always say that. Yeah. Well, we do. We did something special for 100. Yeah. 200, was, we didn't really do that much. That was like 20 years ago. So. Yeah. I mean, that was a lifetime ago. We were different people. Absolutely. Different people then. Oh, man. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. So, it's just been... I've, yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's been. The days just kind of run into the weeks now, man. Yeah. Working, working where I'm working. I'm a... Working man, hard working at work. Where I'm working, working, working where I'm working. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it just doesn't really seem to stop. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's because you do it every day. I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really. Yeah. That's a regular job for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, you know, you can. Most jobs, you you're working toward the weekend. Working toward the weekend. Or at least some kind of weekend. Yeah. You know? And I, I just, I, I hate having, I, I think one of my least favorite things about day jobs is, uh, other than the work, obviously. <laughs> right, right. Um, is inconsistent schedules. Uh-huh. You know? When you work an office job, they give you that Monday through Friday. Or, or, they, or they at least let you know, these are your days off and these are going to be your days mm-hmm. off. But when you work any any other kind of job where they're like, yeah, the schedule will be made Wednesday or Friday yeah. or at the end of the week or whatever, it's like, God damn it. That's an issue in most service industry jobs, period. Yeah. Because it's bullshit. It all, it all changes. It's bullshit. It shouldn't change. Yeah. It shouldn't change. What What's the difference between an office job and a, a service industry job with regard to the schedule? There's, I, I think it's just, there's this understanding with office jobs you're usually interfacing with other office people yeah so uh, besides your own company you're if you're i don't know let's say you're making pens or something right sure making and distributing pens okay you're working with other people who also work nine to five generally monday through friday Mm -hmm. you take holidays off and basically everybody in your industry and that you deal with business to business does the same thing as you works on basically the same schedule. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about like, well, we have to stay open on the weekends. That's when we get most of our business or, you know, I don't know. Uh, one guy is going to be coming in to do your account coordinating job, uh, on, you know, weekend nights, but you're going to come in, during the day on those weekends yeah. to cover him. You know, it's, it doesn't work out that way. It's like there's one guy for that one thing and they do that. Yeah. And it's it's not this like shift-based thing. So I guess it's the expectation of like, since like uh, restaurants are usually open seven days a week. Right. And they get a lot of their business on the weekends. And you can't have you know, five people working every Saturday and Sunday. No, and you need people to be able to swap out because let's say, you know, you as a line cook want to take a vacation for a week or yeah. something. They're not going to not have burgers for that week. More than a week, baby. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess, I guess it kind of makes it fair that it kind of rotates every, you know, they just kind of switch it around and well, and, and people on top of that are uh, are uh, unreliable. So yeah, definitely. You know, people. Well, yeah, I mean, two people called out today, and that was one of the reasons. Like they had me doing prep work, which, by the way, that's what I should have done when I first got there. Prep. Yeah. Yeah. Prep work is is that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Like you just sit there and you just you just make all the stuff. 
that we need yeah that the line needs you know it's there's there's pressure to get the work done mm-hmm. but there's nobody like hounding you right. you're not in front of people you're you're in you're tucked away in the corner you get your ingredients you make the stuff yeah you just put your head down and do it that's what that's what i want to do because i like anytime they ask me to prep i always get to chop stuff mm-hmm. and like put shit together and look at a, a ingredients list or, or a recipe rather mm-hmm. you know and I don't know. It's more satisfying. It's a yeah. little more satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like obviously making the food and and kicking it out to people. That's satisfying, right? In its own way. But just making the stuff, mm-hmm. I, I can tell there's a little less pressure on that. Yeah. Aspect of it. Yeah. Because you're just, you're just doing that thing, and it's not going directly to a person. Yeah. Right after that. Well, I had to uh, prep broccoli today, for example. Uh-huh. And all I had to do was... There Did was, you tell it that you believed in it and it's going to do great? I had to... Yeah. I rubbed its shoulders a little bit, let okay. it know like... You got it. You got this. Yeah. You got this. And it was all just boxed up. Took it out the box. It was these big ass, like, you know, they're huge broccoli. Mm-hmm. And just basically chopped it down to size. Hmm. So once I prepped it and built it up, yeah, I cut it down. Right. And let it know that it's worth nothing. Right. And that we only need pieces of you. Only pieces of you will do enough. Yeah. So you're you're not worth anything. It's barely better than cauliflower. Right. Barely. Yeah. Barely. Um and 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 that was it was super satisfying. Just sitting there just fucking chopping away. I can kind of hear the music that plays in the dining room. <laughs> Because you can't hear it on the line. No. Too much noise going on. Microwaves, fryers, mm-hmm. ovens, people yelling. Yeah. You just can't hear anything. You guys not playing any music in the back? Mm-mm. Hmm. We don't get to, we don't get to play music. because it's because there's the bar area. Yeah, it's an open kitchen. Right. So right, right. It, uh, yeah, it doesn't allow for that. Yeah, and out back they used to just blast Metallica. Oh, yeah. When I, when I worked at uh, Graffiti, yeah, we would just, it would just be... It's just trap music. You could barely hear yourself. Right. You're like, all right, dude, like we need to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like turn it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with this. I'm just tired. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking tired. That man. explains it. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm here. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here for the people. We in here. We in here. We going to do this shit. <sighs> That cauliflower made me think of all of the uh, Gordon Ramsay I've been watching. Because mm. one of the hotel hells that I watched, mm-hmm. they had a um, a cauliflower steak as one of the meals. Oh, yeah, and it was it's what? Li- literally what you think it is. I don't know what I think it is. Is it a steak with cauliflower on top of it? Mm, nope. Is it a steak formed out of cauliflower? Yep. Ugh. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Isn't that fucking horrifying? Just eat a salad. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you make it a steak, quote unquote, uh, I mean, you 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 rob it of all of its nutrients and yeah, whatever. Well, I guess cauliflower isn't like super good for you, but it's like filling and it's not bad for you. Right. It's fine. Like, Until it's you a, dip it in butter. It's a sponge. It. it yeah. It, it's like a tofu. You know, like you you put other things mm-hmm. in it to give it property or dice it up and make it rice and <laughs> you don't you don't have to pretend cauliflower is not cauliflower <laughs> right you can just eat cauliflower right it's fine we can we can we can stop with the cauliflower pasta and uh. and the rice and no all you know honestly i've i've done the cauliflower rice before i've done the zucchini the spaghetti uh-huh and yeah. stuff like that and it's fine but i'd rather just embrace what the ingredient is mm-hmm. and not try to fool myself into thinking it's something else yeah because that ends up making me feel the loss of it even more Mm -hmm. it's like it it's evocative of a burger or of a uh spaghetti Uh uh-huh but you're not or rice but you're not getting the satisfaction of it Mm -hmm. so it's like what are we doing here you're not fooling me i'm not fooling me (laughs) i'm making it i know what it is yeah it it's just it's just playing pretend yeah it's terrible yeah, it's bad. I'm it's not going to eat a, uh, a pasta made of Play-Doh either. Yeah. You know? I know what it is. I mean, <laughs> I'm here, I'm in the kitchen. I'm I doing this. It. See, the thing about it is, how much pasta are you eating that 
you need to make a healthy alternative to it mm-hmm. because you just can't help yourself from eating all that pasta yeah. or all that rice. You're just like, God damn it, I need to have rice, but I need to make it into a healthy alternative. Yeah, the only the only way I can see it working in my mind, and that's what matters the most, Yeah, um, is if you're tired of doing, let's say you just do like a chicken breast and a side of veggies or uh-huh. something. You're tired of that setup, right? Meat, uh-huh. veggies, bleh, that's it. But if you're trying to go low carb or no carb, and you want to enjoy something that is a pasta using like pasta sauce that you miss yeah, and other pasta ingredients that you miss at flavors, you can put it in that venue of a meal, yeah, but not have the pasta. Right. So it's, yeah, if yeah. it's, if it's the one time, you know, every, every couple of weeks or so you're like, you know, I want pasta, but I'm trying to stay healthy. Yeah. Maybe I'll do an alternative. Right. And and see if it, but it just never. It's not the same. And the and the way that I feel about it is like, like if you just eat healthy f- for the majority of the time, mm. just have that pasta. Yeah. Just have a pasta night. Yeah. You know. You're I just, mean, you're just depriving yourself. If, if people look at us, we are. We're, we're having pasta night. We, we're having the pasta night. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And people should listen to us about their nutrition facts. Oh yeah. Here's the thing. I've done all the research, okay? Right. I just haven't implemented any of it. Right, yeah. So I can I could write a fucking book on nutrition and being healthy. I just wouldn't read it. Hey, coach don't play, baby. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. We stay off the court. Mm-hmm. You got to let them know. Do as I say, not as I do. Classic. Glug, glug, glug. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Uh, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean-isms. <laughs> Why aren't you cleaning, dad? Shut up. I'm leaning. I'm leaning. Oh, that's an that's another thing. It's another fucking thing in my job. Mm. It's just like there's a there's there's a camera on in every corner of mm. the of the restaurant. So you work in a prison? Yeah, basically. Okay. They'll come out. They'll come out from the back office and be like, "Hey, uh, what's what's, what's going doing? on? What's up?" And if like if like a ticket is taking too long, they'll come out. Yeah. And then walk out there on the line and be like, "What's uh, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What's, what's up with this?" And you know, admittedly, it's probably something somebody fucked up. Yeah, I fucked up. Um, I fucked up two things today. Oh, excuse me, I'm not crying. I'm burping. I fucked up two things today. I fucked up two meals today. Basically, just dropping them late. Okay. And you know, at these fucking places, they're like, "We need to get this out." under eight minutes yeah yeah they have right? standards yeah and um so if you if you you know something that needs to be fried for instance like it has to cook for x amount of time yeah like you can't like with a burger you can speed it up mm-hmm. you can you can you can freak it certain ways right you know stick your dick in it please never stuff freak like my that. burger <laughs> please never freak my burger well you know what's funny uh, this is uh kind of irrelevant but relevant okay Kind of goes back to the Gordon Ramsay thing. Speaking of fucking burgers, <laughs> so, uh, I was watching some stuff on YouTube. I was watching some Gordon Ramsay shit on YouTube, and one of the people were talking about how they're like, uh, one guy said in the comment section, he was like, "I wonder, I wonder how much weak old food I've eaten at restaurants." Mm. And and I commented, you know, say what you will about franchises and fast food restaurants and stuff, mm-hmm. but they have high fucking standards yeah. because they are scared to death of the health inspector. Yeah. They do not want any health code violations. So you may hate uh, or you may think Outback is boring, but you can bet oh, yeah. your ass you're getting the freshest ingredients. Oh, sp- sp- yeah. I mean, I can, I can vouch you can, for that. I know. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> and I, that's, that's the thing is like, there is strength in numbers <laughs> right so the fact that there is a franchise of of x restaurant means that they've first of all been successful enough doing what they're doing mm-hmm. second of all there's a lot more people invested in this thing so right. they, they have a lot more at stake yeah whereas if it's just like <laughs> a, at stake uh, yeah I, yeah i felt that when i said it ah. um but if it's just a mom and pop you know, we made this diner overnight, and mm-hmm. it's our dream to own a diner. We've never done it before, but here goes nothing. Yeah, it's like there's, uh, they have invested in themselves, sure, tons. They may have put their own life savings on that. However, it's not 
50 investors it's yeah. not 50 people across the country yeah it's not, so it's not there's no there's no ceos right ever. right and there's there's accountability all the way up and down that chain yeah. as opposed to it's just if it's just somebody's shack yeah then That's you like, know it's <laughs> you know what you might have had week old food <laughs> right, from them right right which not to disparage mom and pop shops obviously of course of course. you can find some of the best food ever in those things but it's it's a risk it's more and, of a risk and that's the trade-off right right that's it you 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 want to have you, you want to be able to believe in the food that you're eating then go to fucking uh bahama breeze man because right. you know that they have um they have somebody who's checking all the labels on all the stuff. Everything gets switched mm-hmm. out. Shit gets thrown away every night because it's not it's not good by a fucking yeah yeah by like three hours. They you're getting the freshest ingredients. Go mm-hmm. to fucking Bahama Breeze. But yeah. if you want to take a risk and have one of the best meals of your life, mm-hmm. go to a mom and pop and right. hopefully you make it out alive. And maybe maybe not necessarily the the freshest ingredients, but the safest. We should say. Because if you go to like a TGI Fridays, it's frozen and it's... Okay, yeah, I, I see what you're you know, saying. Yeah. It's not like fresh caught. For mm-hmm. that, you'd have to go to a mom and pop place. Right, that, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they right. have certain standards that they go by. Right, right. That you're Safest is better. Yeah. Sa- safest ingredients. So uh, your highs are higher and your lows are lower at a place that's not a franchise generally. Yeah. Um, whereas if you go to an Applebee's or, you know... Uh, I don't know, Tijuana Flats or something where it's mm-hmm. like a standardized place, you know, you're going to get a certain level of quality of food. Yeah. I mean, where I, where I work, um, this, the, the food is really fresh. Yeah. It's very, it's like surprisingly fresh. Mm-hmm. Well, it's great when they can do that because, I mean, I think that's that's sort of the, um, that's the sweet spot uh, with the restaurant you work for because there are, there are actually a, a good amount of, local slash growing restaurants yeah that i think that's that's where it's like it's still at its base like a family-owned thing Mm -hmm. but they're successful enough that they're able to hold all those standards and and uh not quite completely mcdonaldize the entire joint where it's like everything is kind of just this bland uh plateau yeah yet but there's there are standards in place but it's also still fresh. It's also has really good ingredients and you know, everything is tasty and you know, whatever. Right. So, I mean, and, and even with McDonald's, another place that's like, you're getting the safest ingredients. Everything gets switched out. Everything gets thrown away. Not to say that you can't get sick off McDonald's because I mean, there's obviously the human ingredient. Well, and, and, but that's the thing. That's the only, that's the only variable. And obviously, it's a big variable. Right. It is the variable. But it is the only variable. Because when yeah. it comes to the actual food, mm-hmm. if everything was done correctly, you would have nothing to worry mm-hmm. about. I can say from my own experience, uh, I mean, I've, I've, always, I've always had a passion for food. I've always liked food, mm-hmm. obviously. I've always eaten food. I've always eaten food more than I probably... I've eaten my share of food and someone else's share, too. <laughs> um, but I, like, I've always respected it, too. Right. So even when I was working at like fast food restaurants, when, when I would... You know, if somebody drops something or something, I'd be like, you know, just toss that shit out. We just got to remake it. Mm-hmm. I don't care how long it takes. We just got to remake right. it. Like, there was just certain little things that you like hear about and yeah. people make memes about and stuff. And it's like, I just... I couldn't let that shit happen, no. man. I couldn't. I couldn't be a part of it. Couldn't look. Couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't let it happen. Mm-hmm. So I well, just. I mean, as, as a as a person that's serving people, uh, food specifically, you hold a certain responsibility. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, you yeah. you hope that that's reflected whenever you're out eating somewhere. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, no, I I get that. Yeah. And that's always how things were out back when I was there. Yeah. People don't play with that. Yeah, well, that's the other thing about being at like one of those mid-tier restaurants, not mm. like super high-end, but not a fast casual place. It's right. like, yeah, they, they, I mean, cause that's really, that's all they got. Right. You know, you come in cause it's, it's warm and comfortable, but you're not getting the greatest steak in the world. No. You're not eating Wagyu beef or something, mm. you know, you're getting a moderately priced, moderately flavored mm. food. But they try to do that as best as possible. Exactly. Just you, do that one thing really good. 
you got to respect that. Right. Whether or not you you like an Outback or a Longhorn or, you know, a Bubaloos or whatever, you got to respect that they, you know, they care about customers because the shit is, that's the only way that the ship rides, man. They're bread and butter. Yeah. Like other, you know, there's other industries where it's like, fuck fans. Right. Fuck the customer. Like, I'm mm-hmm. still going to get mine. Right. But when it comes to this shit, I like, guess literally it. People stop walking through the doors, mm-hmm. fucking close them. It's kind of funny. That's that's a weird thing with uh, the advertising, specifically like agency life. Is uh-huh. that, you know, at the end of the day, we are a customer service industry, basically. Yeah. We're dealing with customers every day. Um, but there's like a department for that. Yeah. the Specifically the client-facing people at my agency are the ones that have to make sure that the client's happy. Everything's going as according to plan. If there's any delays or any issues with anything or anything that they want to discuss, it's discussed. It's, you know, talked about whatever. Yeah. Whereas on the creative side, there is more of that feeling. I'm not saying specifically with my agency, but just a, a general thing with agencies and with marketing in general is that the creative side tends to be more of the fuck you. Like, you know, like more of the, we're going to do it right regardless of what you say. Yeah. Your idea is not good. This is why. <laughs> more of like, a, more of a disdain for the customer. In in some certain circumstances, yes. And again, I'm not saying my agency in particular, but. Yeah, sure you're not. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm really not. Because a lot of the people that, work specifically in my agency uh in the creative department have actually had some experience on as either a client before or on the client services side before yeah so that makes us actually way more sympathetic way more uh, logical when it comes to that kind of things because i mean there's there's always the the cliche of the the creative diva that's like no my work is perfect the way it is yeah you're not going to touch it because the client wants it this way. No way. It just doesn't work that way. At the end of the day, you're you're trying to please the client, mm. regardless of what your opinion is or whatever it is. You try to inform them as much as possible. But at the end of the day, they're the ones signing your checks, man. So straight up, if they want it that way, that's the way they're going to get it. <clears throat> yeah. Period. Um. But yeah, I mean, I I just think it's it's interesting because a lot of a lot of jobs are really like customer service at the end of the day. Yeah. Whether it's restaurants or advertising. Mm-hmm. You got to make people happy. Straight up. Well, it's funny that there's a parallel there to uh, like, um, like in the food industry, uh, like there's certain stuff that I cook that I'm like, you know, if we just did it like this, it would taste way better. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're not cooking for one person. You know, no. you're cooking for potentially thousands of people. Right. At least hundreds. Every day, hundreds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so- something that you may eat, you're like, this is bland. This sucks. But you're, you're, you're like you're saying, like you're working for them. You're mm-hmm. doing this for them. And, and there's that creative side of you that's like, yo, I could just put this, freak it like that. Mm, my right. God, it would be delicious. Yeah. But you have to do it. The way that well, they want it. That's actually another huge, huge thing within marketing too. Is uh, you know, as as a a creative or as sometimes it even happens as a client, you're not thinking about who the you know I don't know. Let's say it's a commercial. Mm-hmm. Who the commercial is going to? Who's the target audience for this thing? Yeah. So you know if. Let's say it's a, it's a direct parallel with like, let's say a burger or something that you know that you can make way better than the standard burger. Yeah. So you know that and you know if you had this and that, it'd be great. But that's for you. That's for your taste buds. That's for what you think would be really good. However, you're not cooking for you. You're cooking for those people out there. <laughs> so same thing with me. Let's say I'm writing a commercial spot. I'm not writing for what I like or what I would find entertaining or interesting. I'm writing for whatever the client's customers are. Yeah. So I have to think as them to get that written correctly. Yeah. So even if I think it's terrible as a person, if I'm not the target audience, then 
who cares? Right. It's not for me. Right. It's not made for me. Yeah. We 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 make some pretty. It's not. Um, <coughs> it doesn't taste bad, but it's just it's it's like a it's like um, you know, there's just certain things that like a Reuben sandwich, for instance. Mm-hmm. That's something. That's a. I think that's a very specific sandwich. Like an Italian. Yeah. I think that works almost across the board yeah you know what i'm saying you just throw a bunch of deli meats in there some spice meats uh mayonnaise <clears throat> sometimes some peppers if you want mm-hmm. on a hoagie yeah bada bing bada boom mm-hmm. it's delicious across the board right every sub place that i go to if it's like a new sub place mm-hmm. i always start off with their italian sandwich yeah and then and then i go from there if they can't get an italian right i'm like no because it's the <laughs> it's the easiest no. But it's also like, it takes a lot of their ingredients, you know, yeah. it takes some of their sauces, it takes like three of their meats, their mm-hmm. peppers, their bread, like everything. It's an involved sandwich. Very involved. Right. So easy, but involved. So I'm like, if you can't get the Italian right, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, um, but a Reuben is like, I mean, a Reuben, it's sauerkraut, mm-hmm. a thousand island dressing, right. and corned beef. Mm-hmm. On rye toast. It's usually with the um, the stone ground mustard too, right? Yeah. It well, it's. I don't know if I've ever had it like that. Uh. But but that throws another element into it that is just like insane. Yeah. Like a Reuben is an insane sandwich. Luckily, I think it's delicious. Oh, I love Reubens. Yeah. They're great. But there's some people that I work with who are like, ah, what is this? And we make <laughs> them every single day. Mm-hmm. And every time they come out looking fantastic, and yeah. look, look, that's a thing of beauty. And then there's other people who look at it and go, ugh, that thing <laughs> looks disgusting. That's disgusting. How can people eat that? And I'm like, how it's, can you not? It's because a- they don't have class. <clears throat> Jesus. Wow. Speaking of. <laughs> um, you go so- to Cat's Deli, you get yourself a Reuben. <laughs> you get yourself a Reuben. Bigger than your head. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't know, the parallels in our industries. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking speaking of all the the, the food industry, I just I've just been on this this Gordon Ramsay kick, man. Mm-hmm. And this may not this may not come as a surprise to people who have watched network television, <laughs> but Gordon Ramsay is just endlessly entertaining. Oh yeah, just everything that the guy touches is gold. Well, you say that, but did you hear about his newest show? We talked about his his show. I thought I didn't think he was going through with it though. He did go through with it. I that's, actually saw an episode. That's too bad. He shouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, I think it was heavily changed after the criticism. That's good. I'm pretty sure. Because um, the concept versus the episode I saw was a bit different. Yeah. Uh, How so? The way, and I think the show is called Uncharted. Yeah. Um, so okay, so the the basic premise before, if if you guys haven't heard about this. Uh, Gordon Ramsay was going to basically challenge people, challenge locals to cook like their local dish or like a a dish that they're really good at. Basically challenging people's moms to make (laughs) like their their, uh, prized mac and cheese. And he's like, I can make it better than you. And you're like, wait, even if you can. Why would you? Why would you go in and, and disrespect people? Like, yeah, well, yeah. Why would you basically dog people out on yeah. on fucking national TV? That's fucked up, man. And then, and and it, it showed this surprising lack of respect for um, individual cultures, mm-hmm. food culture, right. and and the meaning of food to people. And it it didn't help that it the announcement for the show came. A couple weeks after uh, Bourdain died, right? Yeah, that definitely the timing of it. What couldn't have Awful. been worse? Awful. Couldn't have been worse. So I think if people if people still remember that, they might have a bad taste in their mouth, pun intended, nah. about Gordon Ramsay. I honestly forgot all about that shit, mm-hmm. and um, well, because you're watching his classics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm watching all his good stuff. Yeah, I'm not right. watching the most. I'm well, not watching yeah. the new shit. I'm watching all like I will say after watching in a, a single episode, mind you, I'm, I can't speak to the rest of the season i didn't find it that offensive in its current state well how did he change the concept and i don't know if this was a change or if it was just reported incorrectly and it was kind of i don't know exactly well he didn't correct anybody yeah i mean basically he was just like well just wait and see how the show turns out yeah but 
the way that the show ends up is basically he's going on these adventures to these remote places. I think the one I saw was in like I don't know. Oh, it was uh, it was in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. He went to New Zealand. Um, but it was basically just him going on these adventures, finding how indigenous people and also people that have just lived there a while uh, get. <laughs> I've just been here for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, I've been here for 20 years. Um, <laughs> yeah, like mostly indigenous people um, get their ingredients, uh, what dishes they like to serve. <clears throat> and it's, it's basically just all gathering ingredients in order for at the very end of the episode for them to have a big uh, cookout, essentially. Um, As opposed to it being more of like a showdown style where it's like mom versus Gordon. (laughs) It it seems more of like a Gordon shows the, the skills that he's learned from the locals. Yeah. With his own interpretations. Yeah. And... A local shows him how they would do it. Yeah, and then at the end of it, they they all sit at a big table, and they all eat from each other's different mm. parts. And you know, Gordon explains, you know, this is why he did it with this, and then the indigenous person or you know the, the host essentially from the place he's touring uh, explains what they do, huh. and it's more of like a sharing experience. I mean. <laughs> Conceptually, that sounds way better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I saw it, and I was expecting to be appalled, but it turned out to be okay. How did you just catch this randomly? It was on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was in Boca. And I was eating breakfast. I'm like, I heard a lot about this one. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, and it just yeah, it turned out it was a, it was fine. Right. It really wasn't a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it, Gordon. Ramsey is a, is obviously brash, obnoxious. Just call him Gordon. We know him. Yeah. G is basically mm-hmm. the G man. He is obnoxious and, and, and um, abrasive and all that stuff that makes him entertaining to watch and also easy to hate. Mm-hmm. But he's he a never, great TV chef. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But when I'm watching his stuff, and and I've never felt this way about it, I've never thought that he was like a guy who would do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it it never seemed, like, it never, none of his shit strikes me as, like, I don't don't watch his shows and think, like, he thinks he's better than these Mm. people. He doesn't feel, like, cheap. Yeah. You know? It doesn't, he doesn't, it doesn't. It's weird because he is so obnoxious and so abrasive and such a jerk, but it's because he's trying to get people to do things mm-hmm. the right way. It's because he cares about the food. Right. That's what it always that's how it always struck right. me. It's like he wants it done well. He mm-hmm. wants the food to come out well and he wants the chefs to do well. He wants them mm-hmm. to be good. Right. Maybe I'm just brainwashed because like I've just been watching all his stuff, and you know if if I've, if there's more examples out there of him being just a jackass for no reason, obviously send him my way. I would love to watch it and be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. But from what I've seen, all the shit that I've watched, it it always strikes me as he's being an asshole because like that's his state of being, but also like it's because he's like no. This is how it's done. Mm-hmm. I know because I've learned. I'm a three Michelin star chef. Right. I have a hundred restaurants. I know that it should be done this way. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it this way because you're cutting corners and you don't want to do it the right way. Yeah. Or you're not listening. You think you know better than me. Like, I'm telling you, listen to me. I'm doing it. I'm telling you the right way. Mm-hmm. How can you? And then with, I think the, the, I guess the one big issue with him is he has zero patience for people. Mm-hmm. So if somebody doesn't do something the right way the first time, he's like, how can you not know how to do this? How could you do this? <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. And, and and that, I think, is probably the one drawback. That it's like, give him right. a fucking break, man. Right. But he's not like that in this show. For, well, I hope not. <laughs> no, no. In everything I've Your seen. Your granny's a fucking moron. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, like, it seems like most of most of that aggression goes into himself. Yeah. And being, like, self-effacing 
and like fuck he me. He's very self-deprecating. Oh fuck me. Yeah. It's more of that stuff as opposed to like uh, critical of other people because he, uh, it's it's obvious like he's there to learn other people's techniques and yeah. culture and all this stuff. It's not. It is by no means <laughs> Bourdain, but he cannot be Bourdain. Yeah. So. You know, if you're going in there looking for like essentially a documentary on a uh, country uh, or specific culture, you're going to be disappointed. But that's not what the show is. So, so I mean, what is is he? Um, I mean, but he is like is is he? It's like a toned down version of himself. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems there's like he does a voiceover for it where he's much more calm and he's talking like this about. What they're currently doing. Yeah. Uh, I sound like Keanu Reeves. Name there. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's more toned down. Uh, but the only times he gets like fiery is when he's talking basically about how ridiculous it is to climb a mountain to get an ingredient or to rappel down a waterfall. Yeah. It's just fucking crazy. You know, you know that, like that kind of stuff. But he's yeah. not like yelling at grandmas. <laughs> so I feel like that may have been a bit premature of a reaction. <laughs> Or they toned it down. I don't know. I'm looking for his uh, net worth. So I'm just thinking about like, I mean, he's created a fucking empire, man. An empire. Like there's just endless amount of Ramsey content. Mm -hmm. You could just, you could have a channel dedicated to his shows. Yeah. He has like what? Six shows? Six different shows? He's got Hell's Kitchen, the F word. Hotel Hell, mm-hmm. Kitchen Nightmares, mm-hmm. Master Chef, Master Chef Junior, this new show Uncharted. Right, that's seven yeah. that I just came up off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm forgetting one. There's got to be. I know I'm forgetting one, but that's seven fucking shows. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hell's Kitchen alone's been going on for years. Yeah, years and years and years. So. so you could have you just have the Ramsey channel. Yeah. I'd watch it. I, yeah. Throw an iron chef there and I'm done. Right? That's all I need. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Just all those shows they need to they need to take back the food network. Yeah. They need to just take it back. It's it they've just bastardized that channel and just let it be fucking child's play. It's like just kindergartners mm-hmm. on that fucking channel now, man. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Vice thinks they're like the the cool food network and shit. But they kinda are. They have like, you know, you've yeah. they've got Maddie and I don't think Eddie Wong makes any more T V shows. Mm. Action Bronson. You got Frankie P from Best Pizza. Mm. Uh yeah, I mean that that's four cooking shows on one yeah. channel. That's not dedicated to food. I feel like first we feast should just make a deal with Vice. Mm-hmm. And they should just <clears throat> meld together. Cause there's there's so much um, overlap. Yeah, I mean they're like as far as just voice and tone alone, like they match perfectly. Yeah, just, just do it. Yeah, just merge. It's fine. Yeah, might as well. well uh, just see them on TV. I think I think first we feast is probably they're probably just happy to have what they've got going on. I'm sure they do. They're like you know, we got we we don't we don't need that. Yeah, we, we we got. I mean, they're probably trying to build their own empire, and, yeah, and make their own vice channel. Yeah, based on food. I think it's a bad idea to invest in any kind of TV right now. That's true. Yeah. I I mean, but uh, maybe just doing it like as a like a streaming service. Yeah, like a streaming channel that's based on <clears throat> food entertainment. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there. I was reading this article about. If Netflix could be dethroned as the king of stand-up specials, oh yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, it, it the throne used to belong to HBO. Yep. Whoa, shit! Just took my mic out of fucking. Um, yeah, and um, basically, we're we're in an era now where there's just there's a there's a stand up special that comes out every like three days on Netflix. Yeah, and they're just giving every Tom, Dick, and Harry uh, a stand up special, and basically what they're saying is like they're watering down the product, and uh, 
you know, they're making it the 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 exclusivity of stand up specials with the internet. I mean, it's just kind of gone. You know, yeah. like you used to have to you used to have to have HBO to see uh, an HBO one hour mm-hmm. stand up, and stand up comedians used to want that or to be on Comedy Central. Like they just yeah. they, that that was validation for a stand up mm-hmm. comedian that HBO offered you that special it's or Showtime, yeah. right? Now with H- with Netflix just giving everybody one, it's good and bad, right? You get everybody gets a voice, everybody gets their time to shine, but then it's like, fuck, man, there's so many of them. And expanding beyond that, I was just like, listening to Joe Rogan, and uh, he was talking to Jim Gaffigan, yeah, and he apparently has a special on Prime, yeah. So, yeah. so his is on Prime. Um, and uh, in the article that I was reading, they were talking to Andrew Schultz, a stand-up comedian who is like the guy who's like bucking the entire industry. And he's like, yo, I'm going to put all my shit on YouTube. I'm going to just put it out in these bite-sized pizza- pieces. Pizzas. And these bite-sized pizzas. And people are going to fucking eat this shit up. And they did. They did. He's mm. one of the most successful comedians right now. He is he's touring the world mm-hmm. based off of a stand-up special that Netflix turned him down and he said, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna release it. I'm gonna release it myself. Mm-hmm. And he put it on YouTube and he and he, he, he tells this story a lot. So if you've if you've listened to Andrew Schultz, you've heard this story. But like basically he was turned down and he was like, you know, how can I get people how can I get people's attention? So he put up like five minutes of his stand-up special. It was basically like a advertisement for it. Mm-hmm. And then he put up five more minutes. <clears throat> and then his agent or his YouTube guy or whoever, I guess he has like a <laughs> social media manager. A YouTube man. <laughs> a YouTube man. His YouTube man was looking at the YouTube numbers and was like, dude, you're getting like monster numbers on these these pieces. Mm-hmm. If you If you just keep posting like, bits instead of a one because he because basically the metrics of it were like no one no one sits down and watches something for longer than an hour right and that's what they were saying like the netflix viewership a lot of people a surprising amount of people will watch something for like an hour mm-hmm. and then turn it off they'll come back to it later yeah, like a movie or a TV show or something, they'll just put it on pause and they're like, "I'll finish this." And I've heard people say that because, like, people I'll ask people like, "Yo, did you watch that movie?" And they're like, "Yeah, I watched part of it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch the I'm gonna watch the rest of it finish later." Tonight, and I'm yeah. like, "That uh, the idea of finishing it later, <laughs> right? Fucking blew my mind." Yeah, yeah. It, I cannot exaggerate I, how much that I the first time I heard that I was like, "Wait." What? <laughs> What? I, I stayed up till like five in the morning because I'm like, well, I have to finish this right, movie. Right. I started it. I, yeah, I can't it. turn it off. How can anyone, how can you pause a movie in the middle of it because and finish it later? I'll tell you why. Because people don't care. They're watching it on their phones. Yeah. They're just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As you should watch The Dark Knight. On mm-hmm. your phone, yeah, on your six-inch screen or right. five-inch screen. Yeah, I'll I'll finish that one later. It's, I'll just it, finish it later. I hate to be the uh, the the cinema file here, but like, it's just a complete degradation of what film is. Yeah, I'll fuck them. You know, like you have it's no just, respect. You got no respect. You got to, res- especially if you're watching a movie. I understand if you're watching a TV show. You're like, all right, I'm one one episode in. I'll I'll finish I'll I'll watch the next episode yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, right. It's fine. But, they're built for that. They're they're set up that way. But mm-hmm. a, a film generally is is made to watch in one sitting. Yeah. That's the idea. Imagine watching Into the Spider-Verse on like your laptop or your phone mm-hmm. and like finishing it later. Imagine yeah. imagine pausing that in the middle and going, uh, I'm a little tired." I don't know how you come out of doing that not feeling any more than that was pretty good yeah yeah no it, it'll fuck up the whole thing right and i feel like that might be causing that to happen now where yeah, people, people's like very lackluster opinions on things right right and i think that that could be a lot because they're watching it you know on their phones without headphones on just sitting in their living room doing yeah. that while they're 
tweeting at the same time and yeah. you know their kids screaming behind <laughs> them and they're they're not focusing on the thing that you should be focusing on so they they leave that experience and they maybe they'll pause it halfway through and then finish the rest later on yeah i understand people have busy lives but at the same time like you can't build a a full uh opinion on that movie unless you sit down and focus on it yeah yeah i i, I and and i've heard the opinion that some people are like, well, then it's not really a movie that I really like then if it didn't hold my attention that much to to sit through the entire thing. It's, it's just, no, you're nah, allowing it's you're allowing yourself to get distracted. Yeah, that's that's horseshit. So, I, I, yeah, if you if you're if you're like you said tweeting and you've got all these other distractions around you and then you're like, oh, it just didn't hold my attention. It's like, no, life got in the way. Don't right. blame the movie. Yeah. If you don't, if you sit down and you focus on a movie and you come away with it asking a bunch of questions, there's plot holes, you didn't like the acting, so on and so forth, Mm -hmm. fine. That's fine. Right. But if you come away from it going, uh, well, what happened when, um, so-and-so did this thing and that thing? It's like, well, what were you doing? Mm -hmm. I'm like, fucking kid. I had to pause it for a second. I came back Mm -hmm. and I was just kind of lost. I'm like, well, go fuck yourself. Right. A lot of people don't realize in any well-made movie. Every line of dialogue is important. Yeah. There's nothing left in there's there. There's nothing wasted. There's nothing left in there just because. Yeah. It may seem that way because it's natural spoken language and it seems it seems normal and like normal conversation. Yeah. But everything should be said for a reason. Right. There's nothing in there that you're not supposed to hear. Yeah, everything is driving you to something else. Right. It should be. So pay and, attention. Yeah. <laughs> you got to listen to everything. You can't be talking over the movie. You can't be looking at a tweet as uh, somebody saying something important right. and you miss a line of or, dialogue. Or, or so, like, uh, I mean, there's, the, the, you know, there's, there's lines of dialogue that are, that are in the movie to strengthen your relationship with the characters. If you come away from a movie going, well, I didn't really like so-and-so, and it's like, well, you didn't really kind of, like, you didn't get to mm-hmm. know them. Like, if you weren't paying attention and the writer, you know, wrote these specific lines and these ideas and these things for him to say mm-hmm. and think and do for you to feel something for that character and you don't feel that because you weren't paying attention, like, you're not getting it. You're not right, getting the whole right. thing. You don't really get it. That happened to me actually uh, with a movie I'd gotten a while ago uh, from the Criterion Collection because I'm a fancy bitch. Uh-huh. Um, Friends of Eddie Coyle. Uh-huh. It's called. It's based on a book. It was recommended to me from Anthony Bourdain, actually. Per- personally? Yeah. He talked to me about it. In your dream? Yep. Um, but it's a it's a movie about this uh, Irish gangster. Uh-huh. Very low level. Uh, trying to uh, essentially a story of him trying to get out of the game, right? Classic old guy. He's trying to you know get out to live with his family in peace, right? So uh, I watched it the first time and I was expecting like Goodfellas. Mm. This movie was made in the seventies, like mid to early seventies, I think. Um, <coughs> so it's it's that's recent enough that you would get. You could get that vibe from it. Yeah, but it's it is also far enough away that it's it's slower. Mm. Uh, it it's definitely slower paced, and it is it's all dialogue. Like the movie is is based on conversation. There's very little violence. There's very little action. It's mostly dialogue. Yeah. And the first time I saw it, I was expecting <coughs> something a bit more action based, something a bit more vibrant. But that's not what the movie is, and I didn't. Because I didn't expect that, I allowed myself to get distracted. I didn't listen to everything that was said. I, I was almost turned off by it. Mm-hmm. And I got the move. I got to the credits, and I said, "What was that? <laughs> I don't. I didn't like that very much at all." Yeah. I let it go. Uh, probably about three months later, I was like, "All right, you know what? Let me give this a chance again." Because I, I didn't give my full attention. I rewatched it. I had a glass of whiskey. <laughs> Just, other than that. My entire attention was on the movie. Yeah. And I came away, and that's an incredible movie. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so, so good. Uh, and I don't know what I missed, but there is something in the dialogue and then within the story that I, that just, it, it's funny how just spoken words can change that. 
can change the entire dynamic of how you uh, see a movie. Right. So, because I think we we think of movies as, as being a almost fully visual medium, but it's not just that. Yeah. You know, it's a, almost, almost a thing that can be just visual, and the 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 dialogue and the audio can be supplemented by anything else. Like watching a movie on like like when people are like like people have this habit now of watching um, posts on like Instagram and stuff and Twitter on mute because they mm-hmm. gave you that option now like they they automatically start playing right. and a lot of a lot of videos i thought this was i think this is actually a really cool option mm. they start if you, it, it it's it, it's intuitive now it knows mm. if you click into the video the subtitles will go away yeah if you click into it if you don't you could just watch it on, mm-hmm. on mute yeah and <clears throat> i know that this is I mean, it's it's indicative of our generation and how we consume things now. This this fly by night, just like whatever. It doesn't like mm. just. I need to I need to consume it fast. I need yeah, to get yeah. past. I I got the joke. All right, I'm gonna move on. Right, right, right. Like scroll, our, scroll, scroll, scroll. Our attention spans are so short. It's crazy that you can't even be bothered to listen to the delivery of the joke you have to read it <laughs> right and then chuckle to yourself and go hm, that, was, that funny. was funny mm-hmm. and then move on yep that is insane to me i i just i can't uh, i don't know maybe i'm maybe we're coming off as snobs here but <laughs> yeah i feel like we've just been scolding people for the past hour but <laughs> i mean it's just like I don't know. It's because I think it's because you know we're 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 creative people, or at least we think we are. <laughs> we and, try to be. And and um, I we we just I know I can speak for you when I say this. We have this tremendous respect for art and creativity and people putting effort into trying to entertain people or inform people or make people laugh or cry. Like mm-hmm. I just have this tremendous respect for the effort yeah even when it's bad it's like i respect you, you tried, for trying right it's hard it's hard to it's do it's super hard <laughs> it's incredibly hard and anybody who tries and has the right f- state of mind going into it like you know people who are genuinely there like trying to make other people laugh or trying to entertain mm-hmm. people and even if it doesn't go over well it's like well you in your heart, you're like you're you're you're. I, I wanted you to succeed, right. you know, because I wanted you to do well. And and when I see shit like that, it just it bothers me, man. It really yeah. bothers me to see like a stand up comedian post his bits on Instagram and like he has to have the subtitles there because people can't be bothered to listen <laughs> right. to the delivery. And it's like, dude, that's half the joke. Yeah, is how he delivers mm-hmm. it. And the same thing with with uh, with movies. And, and any kind of entertainment. Like mm-hmm. if you listen to an album, but you're in your car or you're doing something else or, you know, you just got it on in the background. Like when people tell me, yeah, I had it on as background music. What? <laughs> what is background music? Background music. Is Muzak. <laughs> that's, no, that's nothing. Right. You, you put. That's noise. Yes, exactly. 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 <laughs> God. I know, super offensive. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was an accident. Exactly. Uh-huh. Background music is just noise. Right. And if you're putting on something you've never heard before as background music, you're you're already you're already cutting it at the knees and saying, fuck this. I'm not fuck that album. I'm not gonna give it my undivided attention right the only the only time the only thing that's background music to me is something that i've heard a million times you know what i'm saying yeah and even then i get like when i when i used to work with jason when i would when i would be tiling and stuff like that he'd be talking to me and the music would be on but he'd he'd be listening to like top 40 or something like that mm-hmm. and it would be so distracting to me that like i i couldn't concentrate i'd be like look, look man we have to turn we have to turn this off. We got to turn it on to like some ACDC or something. Like <laughs> I am so distracted by what, and he doesn't hear it. Like he'll he'll right. just be like, it's background noise to me. Right. He right. just can't stand the silence. Right. But I am listening mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. 
and it drives me nuts. And it, it's just it's just crazy to me that people are just like, well, I can't be bothered, you know. I just <laughs> people's idea of like I just can't be bothered to fucking give that the time of day. Yeah. Oh, just, <laughs> just blows my it's mind. Because we value it so much. Yeah, and that's why sometimes I don't get to albums because I'm like, I don't have the time to sit down and like really listen to this, you know. <clears throat> so when, I, when somebody like tells me you should listen to this album, I'm like, well, I have to sit down and really give it my undivided attention. I feel like I'm doing a disservice to whoever. Uh, I, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to the person who asked me to listen to the thing, and obviously the artist themselves. If I don't like sit down and like really listen right. to it, you right. know. So when I ask somebody, someone else to like, yo, listen to this thing, I'm like, I don't want to hear back from you about this thing until you've given it your all Mm -hmm. don't even fucking hit me up about it like yeah i had it on the other day and like some of it sounds pretty like no 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 no. i want i want your all when you give it your all and tell me how you feel about it right before you get back to me yeah so i don't know i say that about people that read my blogs (laughs) give it your all give it your all i say that about people who you know Listen to my music, or don't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, or, think... or or look at my post and don't look and All don't right. actually look at my posts. Listen, I your post. Yeah, do you have do you have something to say for yourself? I do actually. Your post on Instagram stories. Uh huh. People that saw it as well. Yeah. Back me up or don't. Uh, oh, there's about you... hundred and fifty people who looked at it and okay. didn't. <laughs> okay they'll back me up then mm-hmm. what it what your post unless there was a post that was before that post what that post made it seem like was people already were asked to do it and did it and that was your thank you mm. that's how i read it and i said well shit i guess i'm too late <laughs> and kept it moving i'm gonna pull it up right now because mm-hmm. you said like oh y'all always show out when uh stuff like this comes around Appreciate it. And I took that as... Okay. All right. uh, I guess he's happy that people did this for him already. Okay. Okay. It wasn't like a, hey, do this. Okay. You always do. Okay. Okay. Fair Mm. fair play to you. Okay. Thank you. It it does come across like I'm already thanking people. It's an after uh, the fact. Yeah, that okay. Post. As a, it was poorly worded. It was poorly All right. worded. All right. As is everything you ever do. Yeah. On the One Beer and Podcast. Um, yeah. If you ever see any issues, it's because Mark wrote it. <laughs> oh, oh, you're so perfect, huh? Yeah, Mr. Perfect. You're saying it. Mr. Perfect. Oh, I've caught some of your mistakes, okay? I make zero mistakes yeah, you, in no, my life. You, 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 we, I've caught some typos. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Those are on purpose. Yeah, yeah. For who? For me? You're yeah. testing me? Yeah, I'm playing a, I'm playing a character. <laughs> the cat and mouse game. Mm. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> but before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, I know that you want to know how we felt about this beer. It comes from the Blue Point Brewing Company. It's called The Rocket Fool. It is an IP, a double IPA, brewed mm. with coconut oil, tart cherry, and pineapple. It's a 7.5. ABV. Oh, shit. Oh, you don't have to throw it. Tall boy. Obi, what did you think, my friend? I was surprised by how much I liked this one, actually. I wasn't <laughs> expecting much from uh, a fake-ass uh, craft beer brewery. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Blue Point, if you want to sponsor us later on. <laughs> um, but that being said, uh, I I did I really enjoyed it. It had very good flavor. Like I said at the very beginning, it tasted a bit like a pina colada to me, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense given the ingredients. Um, I am going to give this bad boy a strong 4.5. All right, all right, all right. Pretty tasty. I am going to give it... I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. That's very good. Very tasty. Like you said, surprisingly tasty. Yeah. 
Um, I thought, I thought, I thought the, I don't know. I guess I thought the flavors would 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 come out a little bit more mm-hmm. for a double IPA. Yeah, seven point five. You do get a good amount of hop. <clears throat> yeah, you do. I think it. I think it kind of overpowers a little bit. Yeah. Um, because there's a agree. lot. There's a lot of um, a lot of accents that they're they're trying to get across. Yeah. You know, I mean, coconut, cherry, pineapple, which, you know, that's a lot, and those are very. Sh- Ah, Jesus, I'm crying again. Ugh. Or indigestion. Those are very uh, strong flavors yeah. that they're trying to get across to you. And the pineapple comes through for sure. Mm-hmm. Co- the pineapple and coconut. That's why you're getting the uh, pina colada. Exactly. Flavor. I also was going to say that I think the, the cherry is kind of lost in the mix. Yeah, a definitely. Bit. Definitely. And see, here's here's the thing. The the I, I've explained this before, but I feel like since some kind of nitpicking with the flavor here, I should explain it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me personally, when when I'm reviewing these beers, because I mean most beer has a baseline of tasting good, mm-hmm. right? And when you advertise <clears throat> that I'm gonna get hints of this and notes of that and 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 flourishes and blah blah blah. Then I better get it, right? Right. right. Don't, don't advertise it. Don't advertise it unless we're gonna actually be able to right. taste it. And so if it gets buried by the hops or gets overpowered by the flavor or the ABV's too high and it just tastes like alcohol, that's gonna hurt the score. Right. That's just gonna take it down. So that's not to say that Rocket Fool, Rocket, <clears throat> excuse me, Rocket Fool doesn't taste good. It's a, it, it tastes good. Like if you see this in the grocery store, I would recommend it for sure. Mm. But I can't give it any higher higher than a four. Okay. Just because I feel like you know, it just it's not coming through with everything. It's not as advertised. That's just okay. Everything I just said. That's that's the yeah. the 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 the, the uh, uh, elevator pitch of it. I can. It's res- not as advertised. I can respect that. I, uh, I I tend to like that hoppy flavor though. So I think that's what pushes it up a point five for yeah. me. I can respect that also, sir. All right. We're working from a level of mutual respect mm. and love and admiration. I think we got it. You think I, we I, got it? I think we got it. What do you think? Good? I think it's bedtime. I think it's bedtime for sure. Okay. All right. Um, you go to bed first. I'll okay. come in and I'll tuck you in. Okay. And then uh, I'll roll into bed with you. Thank you. All right. This has been the One Baron Podcast for myself, Marco Dupla, for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Big Spoon. Thank you guys for listening. Drink delicious beer and have a beautiful evening. We love you. Mm-hmm.